Welcome to the Myth, Legend, and Lore podcast. The Orkneyinga Saga. Chapter 94. Peace is talked of. Now it is to be told that Ol Harald came to Thorsa with six ships. Ol Rogenwald was in Sutherland, at the wedding of his daughter Ingrid, whom he married to Erik Slagbriller. He heard immediately that Earl Harald had arrived at Thorsa, and rode from Berwick to Thorsa, attended by many men. Erik was related to Earl Harald and with many others he tried to make peace between them, saying that it was absurd for them to be at enmity, because of their relationship, their upbringing, and their long alliance. At last matters came so far that a meeting was appointed and a truce made. They should meet in a certain castle at Thorza and talk alone together, but an equal number of their men should be outside the castle. They talked a long time and agreed very well. They had not seen each other since Rogenwald had returned. Late in the day, information was given to Earl Rogenwald that Earl Harald's men were coming there armed. Earl Harald said that no harm would be done. Then they heard heavy blows outside and ran out. Thorbjorn Clerk had arrived there with a large party and attacked Rogenwald's men immediately. The earls called to them that they should not fight. Then the inhabitants of the town came running to the spot to separate them. Thirteen of Earl Rogenwald's men were killed and he himself was wounded in the face. Chapter 95 Sven's Plans After this, their friends made an effort to establish peace between them, and the result was that they made peace, which they confirmed by oaths. They renewed their alliance, pledging their faith and shaking hands, and it was resolved that they should go that very night out to the Orkneys to attack Earl Erland. They went out on the Pentland Firth with ten ships, taking the course to Renersee. They landed in Vidavag and went on shore. Erland and his men lay on board their ships at Bardvik, and from there they saw a crowd at Rogelsfalsi and sent out spies. When they heard of the reconciliation of the earls, it was also said that Earl Erland would not be permitted to plunder on shore or to obtain provisions in any other way, and their intention was to prevent them from getting any food in the island. Erland had a meeting and consulted his men, and they agreed to leave it to Svein to say what should be done. Svein replied that they should sail that very night over to Caithness, saying that they had no strength to contend with both the earls there in the islands. He gave out that they intended to go to the Sudriar and winter there. It was Michaelmas Eve when they sailed out on the Firth, but when they came over to Caithness, they ran up into the country and drove down a great number of cattle, which they brought on board their ships. There were strong currents and bad weather, so that the Firth was frequently impassable. But when favourable weather came, Svein sent a man in a boat from Ness to give information that Erland had made a great strand hewing in Caithness and was ready to sail to the Sudriar, 
when there was a favourable wind. When this came to the ears of Earl Rodenbold, he called his men together and made a speech to them, telling them to be on their guard, to be wary and to sleep every night on board their ships. For now, he said, Spain may be expected every hour in the islands. The more certainly, the more he talks of going away. Early in the winter, Earl Erland and Spain left Thorsa and took their course by the west of Scotland. They had six large ships, all well manned. They had to row, and when they had gone some distance from Caithness, Roganvald's spies went out to the islands and told him the news. Then the earls moved their ships to Scapa, and Roganvald wished them to stay a while on board. When Spain and Ireland came west of Stor, the former said they should not distress themselves by rowing any farther, and asked his men to put his ships about and set the sails. This action on the part of Spain was thought foolish, yet his men did as he desired them. When they had been sailing for a while, the ships began to speed, because there was a fine breeze, and nothing is said of their voyage until they came to Vagaland in Orkney. There, they heard that the earls were lying at Scalpid of Narastadir with thirteen ships. There were Erland Ungi, Eric Slagbriller, and many other men of note. Thorbjorn Clerk had gone out to Popoli, to Hakon Karl, his brother-in-law. It was four nights before Simon's Mass when Spain, as Leif's son, decided to attack the earls during the night, but it was thought rather hazardous, as their followers were so much more numerous. Yet Spain insisted on having his own way, and so he did, because the earl wished to follow his advice. Chapter 96 Battle Between the Three Earls During the night there fell a shower of sleet. Oroganvold left his ship with six men, intending to go to his residence at Jorfiara, because he expected no danger. During the shower they came to Narastadir, an Icelander by the name of Botolf Begla, an excellent skald, lived there. He pressed Oroganvold with many invitations to stay there during the night. Roganvold and his men entered the house. Their clothes were pulled off them and they went to sleep, but Botov was to keep watch. This same night, Erland and Svein attacked Earl Harald and his men and took them by surprise, and they knew nothing till they heard the battle cry. They flew to arms and defended themselves bravely. Many were killed and the attack ended in this way. That Harald leaped on shore when there were only five men left on his ship. Bjarni, a brother of Erland Ungi, a nobleman, fell there, and a hundred men with him, and a great number were wounded. All the earl's men jumped from the ships to reach the shore and fled. Few of Erland's men were killed, and they took fourteen ships belonging to the earls, with all the valuables they contained. When the most part of their work was done, they heard that Roganvold had left his ship the evening before, and walked first to Narastadir, and thither they went. Bondi Botov was outside the door when they came, and he greeted them well. They asked whether Rugenvold was there. Botov said he had been there during the night. They became very violent and demanded where the earl was then, saying that he no doubt knew where he was. He pointed with his hand behind the farmyard and sang. This way went the prince a-fouling. Skillful are his men with arrows. Now is many a heathcock meeting, death beside the verdant hillocks where the elbow of the hunter, keenly bent as if by magic, makes the moorfell quickly perish. The prince's sword, the land defendeth. 
the Earl's men ran away from the homestead, and he who could run the fastest considered himself luckiest, as he would be the first to catch Roggenwald. Botolf went into the house, awoke the Earl, and told him what had happened during the night, and also what the Earl's men were doing. Roggenwald and his men started up instantly and put on their clothes. Then they went away to the Earl's residence at Jorfiara, and when they came there they found Harald in hiding. Harald and Roggenwald went immediately over to Ness, each in a separate boat. One had two men, the other three. All their men went over to Ness, wherever they could get a boat. Ireland and Spain took the ships belonging to the Earl, and a great quantity of other property. Spain took his share for all of Roggenwald's treasures that were on his ship, and sent them over to Ness. Spain advised Ireland to move his ships out to Vols, and to lie in the Firth, where they could see ships coming from Caithness, as he thought it would be convenient to run out upon them if there was an opportunity. But Ireland yielded to the persuasions of his men that they should go north to Damnesey, and in a large castle there they drank all day, but fastened the ships together every night and slept on board. This time passed on until the Yule Feast. Chapter 97 Earl Erland's Death Five nights before Christmas, Svein Asleaf's son went east to Sandvik to his kinswoman Sigrid because he had to make peace between her and her neighbour by the name of Bjorn. Before he went away, he told Erlen to sleep on board by night, and not to be less so on his guard that he himself was absent. Svein spent one night with his kinswoman Sigrid, a tenant and dear friend of Sigrid's by the name of Kiesel, asked Svein to stay with him, as he had been brewing ale and wished to entertain him. When they came to Kiesel, they were told that Erlend had not gone on board that night. As soon as Svein heard it, he sent Margad, Grim's son, and two other men to the Earl, and asked him to pay heed to his advice, although he had not done so the preceding night, and then he added, I suspect that I shall not have long to provide for this Earl. Margad and his companions found Erlend and told him Svein's words. The Earl's men said, He is a strange man. Sometimes he is afraid of nothing, and other times he is so frightened that he does not know where to look for shelter to himself or others. They said they would sleep quietly on shore and not go on board. The Earl said they should do as Sven advised them, and he went on board with four and twenty men. The others slept at a house. Margad went to another creek not far away. This very night the Earls Rugenwald and Harald surprised Ireland, and neither the watchman who kept guard on the island nor those on board the ship perceived them, until they were climbing on board. A man named Orm and another, Uffi, were in the foreport of the Earl's ship. Uffi jumped up and tried to rouse the Earl, but could not, for he was dead drunk. Then he took him in his arms and jumped overboard with him into a boat alongside the ship, and Orm jumped overboard on the other side and escaped on shore. There, Earl Erland was slain, and most of those on board. Margad and his men were awakened during the night by the battle cry, and took to their oars and rowed round the headland. It was a clear moonlight, and when they saw the earls went away, they felt sure that fate had decided between them. They rowed away first to Rendale, and sent men to Spain, to tell him what they had seen. Earl Harold wished to give Erland's men peace, but Roggenwald wished to wait, in order to know whether the earl's body would be found or not. The body was found two nights before Yule. A spear was seen standing in a heap of seaweed, and that spear was fast in Earl Erland's body. Then it was brought to church, and peace was given to the Earl's men, as well as to Forrest Svein's men, who had been taken. A man named John Vane 
was a sister's son of that Zhong Bing who was mentioned before. He had been with Hakon Carol and had a child by his sister. Then he ran away and was with Anna Cole on piratical expeditions. But now he was with Erland, yet he was not in the battle. All Erland's men went to Kirkjevag and took refuge in St Magnus Church. The earls went there, and a meeting for peacemaking was held in the church. The earls would not pardon John until he promised to marry the women. All the men swore oaths of fealty to the earls, and John Vane became the herald's steward. Chapter 98 Svein Slays Erland After Erland's death, Svein Asleaf's son went to Rendale, and there he saw Margat, who was able to give him all the tidings of what happened in Sea. Then Svein went to Rousey, and arrived there at high water. He and his men brought all the tackle of the ships on shore, and placed it in safety. They divided themselves among the farms, and kept watch on the movements of the earls and other chiefs. Svein Asleaf's son mounted the hill with five men, and went down to the sea on the other side. They hid themselves at the homestead in the darkness, and heard great talking. There was Thorfinn, his son Ogmund, and their brother-in-law Erland. He boasted of having given Earl Erland the death blow, and all of them were declaring they had done right well. When Svein heard this, he and his companions went upon them. Svein was the quickest, and immediately dealt Erland a death blow. They took Thorfinn prisoner and brought him away, but Ogmund was wounded. Svein went to Thingavol, to his father's brother Helgi, and there they spent the first days of Yule and Heide. Rugenwald went to Demesi, but Harald was at Kirkjavag during the Yuletide. Rugenwald sent men to Thingavol, to Helgi, and asked him to tell his kinsman Svein, if he knew anything of his whereabouts, that Rugenwald invited him to spend the Yule with him, and he would try to make peace between him and Harald. When Svein received this message, he went to Earl Rugenwald, and remained with him during the rest of the Yuletide, and was treated well. Chapter 99 Earl Harald and Svein, Asleaf's son After Christmas, a meeting was appointed to make peace between the earls and Svein, when they should finally settle all matters about which reconciliation had been made. When they met, Rugenwald took great pains to make peace between them. Others, however, who were not Svein's friends or kinsmen, spoke against him, saying that he would always be causing disturbances if they were not expelled from the islands. At last, however, they agreed upon this, that Svein should pay a mark of gold to each of the earls, and should keep one half of his estates, and a good longship. When Svein heard the award, he replied, Our agreement will be good only in case I am not depressed. Rugenwald would not accept the payment from Svein, saying that he would in no way oppress him, and he considered his faithfulness and his friendship worth more than the money. After the peace meeting, Harald went to Garrixi, and used Svein's corn and the other property rather wastefully. When Svein heard this, he complained of his loss to Rogenwald and said that this was a breach of their agreement and that he would go home to look after his property. Rogenwald said, Stay with me. I shall send a message to Harald, for he will be more than a match for you to deal with, strong and brave as you are. Svein was not to be dissuaded, and he went with ten men in a boat to Garrixi and arrived there late in the evening. They went behind the houses, and Svein wished to set fire to the hall and burn down the homestead with the earl in it. A man named Svein, Lakari's son, the most notable of Svein's companions, dissuaded him from doing so 
seeing that the Earl was not perhaps in the homestead, and if he were there, he would neither permit Svein's wife nor his daughter to go out, and it was never to be thought of to burn them. Then they went up to the door and into the entry. Those who were inside the hall jumped up and closed the door, and then Svein and his men became aware that the Earl was not in the house. Those who were within soon ceased resisting, surrendered their weapons to Svein and went out unarmed. Svein gave quarter to all Harald's men. He poured out all his beer and took away his wife and daughter. He asked his wife Ingrid where Harald was, but she would not tell him. He then said, Say nothing then, but point to where he is. She would not do that either, because she was related to the Earl. Sven gave up some of the arms when they came on board the ships, but the effect of this was that their agreement of peace was at an end. Harald had gone out to a certain island to hunt hares. Svein went to Hillesay. It rises abruptly from the sea, and there is a large cave in the cliffs, the mouth of which is flooded at high water. When the Earl's men got their weapons from Svein, they went to Harald and informed him of these doings of Svein's. The Earl had his ship set afloat and ordered his men to row after him. He said, This time our meeting with Svein shall be decisive. Then they rowed out in pursuit of him, and soon they saw and recognised each other. When Svein saw that they had gained on him, he said, We must devise some scheme, because I do not care to meet the Earl with so great odds against me, as I suspect there are. Let us go into the cave and see how we fare. When Svein came to the cave, it was at ebb tide. They hauled up the boat into the cave, which ran into the cliff, and the water rose before the mouth of the cave. During the day, Harald and his men searched for Svein throughout the island, and did not find him. Neither did they see any boat leave the island. They wondered very much at this, as they thought it unlikely that Svein's boat had gone down. They rowed round the island in search of the boat, but did not find it. Then they concluded that he must have gone to some of the other islands, and they went there, where they thought it was most likely. It so happened that when the Earl rolled away, the tide was back from the mouth of the cave. Svein had overheard the talk between the Earl and his men. He left his own boat in the cave and took a small boat, which the monks had, and went to Sandy. There they landed and pushed off the small boat, which drifted about until it was wrecked. They came to a homestead called Volunus, where a man lived by the name of Bard, who was Svein's kinsman. They made themselves known to him secretly, and Svein said he wished to stay there. Bard said he might do as he liked, but that he dared not keep him there unless in hiding. They went in, and sat by themselves in a part of the house separated from the other inmates by a partition wall. There was a secret door to it, filled up with loose stones. That evening, John Vane, Earl Harold's steward, arrived there with six men, and Bard received them well. Large fires were made, at which they warmed to themselves. John was excited and spoke of the dealings of Svein and the earls. He blamed Svein very much, said he was a truce-breaker and faithful to no one. He had lately made peace with Earl Harald, and yet he went to attack him and burn him in the house, adding that there would never be peace in the land till Svein was banished from it. Bard and John's companions put in some words in Svein's defence. Then John began to blame Earl Erland, saying there was no loss in his death, as he was a violent man, and nobody could live in safety for him. When Svein heard this, he could not restrain himself, but seized his weapons and ran to the secret door. He pushed down the stones, thus made a great noise. Svein's design was to leap before the hall door, 
John was sitting in his shirt and linen breeches, and when he heard Svein coming, he tied on his shoes and sprang out from the fire and away from the house. The night was pitch dark, and it was hard frost. During the night he came to another farm. His feet were very much frostbitten, and some of his toes fell off. Through the intercession of Bard, Svein gave peace to John's companions. He remained there during the night, but in the morning he and his men went away in a boat belonging to Bard, which he had given to them. They went south to Bardsvik and stayed in a certain cave. Sometimes Svein took his meals at a house during the day, but slept during the night down by his boat, and thus he guarded himself against his enemies. Chapter 100 Of Rogenwald and Svein Early one morning, Svein and his men saw a large longship coming from Rofsee to Rogenwaldsee, and Svein recognised it immediately as Rogenwald's ship which he used to command himself. He put in a Rogenwaldsee, where Svein's boat was lying, and five of them went on shore. Svein and his men were on a certain headland, and threw stones at the Earl's men. When those on board saw this, they drew forth their arms, and when that was seen by Svein, they ran down to the beach and pushed their boat afloat, and jumped into it. The longship stuck fast on the beach. When they rowed past it, Svein was standing up with a spear in his hand. When Roggenwald perceived it, he took a shield and held it before him, but Svein did not throw his spear. When the Earl saw that they would get away from them, he ordered a true shield to be held aloft and asked Svein to go on shore. When Svein saw this, he told his men to put to land, saying it was his greatest satisfaction to be at peace with Earl Roggenwald. Chapter 101 Of Earl Harold and Svein then Earl Roggenwald and Svein went on shore and had a long conversation by themselves and agreed very well. While they were talking, they saw Earl Harald sailing from Caithness to Bagaland, and when the ship approached the island, Svein asked what was to be done. The Earl said Svein should go over to Ness immediately. This was during Lent. They left Roggenwaldsey at the same time. The Earl went to Rossi, but Svein went to Stramsey. Earl Harald saw the boat and thought he recognised it as Svein's, and went immediately into the Firth in pursuit. When Svein saw the pursuit, they left the boat and hid themselves. When Harald came to Stramsey, he saw the boat and suspected that the men were somewhere near, and would not therefore go on shore. A man named Amundi, the son of Nephi, who was Earl Harald's friend and father's brother to Svein, Aslik's son's stepchildren, went between them, and succeeded so far that they agreed to keep the agreement of peace which they had made the previous winter. A gale arose, and they were both obliged to remain there during the night. Amundi put Earl Harold and Svein in the same bed, and many of their men slept in the same house. After this, Svein went over to Caithness and Harold to the Orkneys. Svein heard that the Earl had said that their agreement to be at peace had been rather loose. He paid little heed to this, and went south to Dalier, and spent Easter there with his friend Simrilidi. But Harold went north to Jutland, and was there a long time during the spring. After Easter, Svein went from the south, and met on his way two of John Vang's brothers. One was called Bunupeter, and the other Blan. Svein and his men seized them, and took from them all their goods, and brought them to land. A gallows was erected for them, and when everything was ready, Svein said they should be allowed to run up the country, adding that they were greater shame to their brother John alive than dead. They were a long time out on the hills, 
and when they came to some habitations, they were very much frostbitten. From thence, Sven went to Lotus, in the Sudriar, and stayed there some time. When John Veng heard that Svein had taken his brothers prisoners, and not knowing what he had done with them, he went to Ayn Helga, and took Olaf, the son of Svein, Asleif's son, and Kolbein Hruga's foster son, and brought him to Westry. They met Rogenwald at Threpnes, and when he saw Olaf, he said, Why are you here, Olaf? He said, It is the work of John Veng. The earl looked to John and said, Why did you bring Olaf here? He replied, Svein took my brothers, and I don't know, but he may have killed them. The earl said, Take him back again as quickly as you can, and do not dare to do him any harm, whatever may have become of your brothers. For if you do, you will not be safe in the islands, from either Spain or Colby. Chapter 102 of Earl Rogenwald After Easter, Svein commenced a journey to the Sudriar, taking with him sixty men. He went to the Orkneys and landed first at Rousey. There they took a man by the name of Hakon Karl, who had been with Harald when Erland was slain. Hakon ransomed himself with three marks of gold, and thus saved himself from Svein. In Rothsey, Svein found the ship which the earls had taken from him, and two of the planks were cut, which had been done by Rogenwald's order because Svein had refused to buy it or accept it as a gift from the earls. Svein went from there to Rossi, and met Rogenwald at Birsi. The earl received him well, and Svein spent the spring with him. Rogenwald said that he had ordered the planks of the ship to be cut, because he did not wish him to row about rashly among the islands when he came from the Sudriar. Earl Harald came from Jutland in the spring during Whitsuntide, and when he came to the Orkneys, Rogenwald sent men to him, to say that he wished the compact of peace between him and Svein to be renewed. And a peace meeting was appointed in St Magnus Church on Friday during the Holy Week. Rogenwald carried a broad axe to the meeting, and Svein went with him. Then the peace compact, which had been made in the winter, was confirmed. Chapter 103 Of Svein, Asleaf's Son then Earl Rogenwald gave Earl Harald the ship which had belonged to Spain, but all other things which had been awarded him from Spain, he returned to him. Rogenwald and Spain were standing at the church door while the sail, which had been lying in St Magnus Church, was carried out, and Spain looked rather gloomy. The following Saturday, after noontide service, Harald's men came to Spain as Leif's son, and said the Earl wished him to come and speak with him. Spain consulted Rogenwald, but he did not say much in favour of his going and added that one did not know whom to trust. Svein went nevertheless with five men. The earl was sitting on a crossbench in a small room, and Thorbjorn Clerk beside him. A few other men were with the earl, and they sat for a while and drank. Then Thorbjorn left the room, and Svein's companion said to him that they distrusted the earl's conduct very much. Thorbjorn returned shortly after and presented Svein with a scarlet tunic and cloak, saying that he did not know whether he would call it a gift, because these things had been taken from Svein in the winter. Svein accepted the gifts. Harold restored to him the longship which belonged to him, and half of his property and estates. He asked him to stay with him, and said their friendship should be never dissolved. Svein accepted all this gladly, and went immediately the same night and told Rogenwald how matters had turned out between him and Earl Harald. 
Oh, Roggenwald said he was much pleased with this and told Spain to take care that they did not become enemies again. <laughs>